how's everything been going up there for you guys? It's been pretty good. We we got our guys back a few weeks ago. They quarantined. They I think Dartmouth did a really good job of testing the guys. They sent them tests to their house, tested right when they got back. So we're we're good, man. They we're rolling. We got workouts, individual workouts, and um, I mean lifting, conditioning. So you know, fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> man, it's 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 one of the things where we you know nobody really knows, but we're we're hoping and and we're we're staying <laughs> prayerful, hopeful, positive, right? And just know. you know pushing forward. <laughs> yeah. How do you think uh, football is going so far? Man, um, I'll be honest with you. I haven't really talked about it publicly. Um, yeah. I haven't talked about it publicly because, you know, just there's so many different people that have different you know, feelings and opinions about about it. But, um, right. you know, I mean, like NFL, you know, now they're canceling games, pushing games back. And, and these are people that have the ability to test regularly, right, and have the, right. the ability to – you know, get the, the highest level of care, the highest level of treatment, the highest level of everything. Um, and if it's not working there, right, and you have these positive <laughs> tests and you have games being pushed back and things like that, imagine how many games should not be taking place at the high school level or should be getting, you know, rescheduled or pushed back. That just It isn't because the testing's not there. The, you know, the, right. the level of treatment and the level of assessment is not there. So, it's kind of scary um, from my from my standpoint. It's scary to think about, you know, the fact that we do have high school sports going on, and you know, everything's kind of, you know, almost business as usual. And I I talked to somebody about it earlier today because I had an event scheduled, um, and they were like, you know, hey, there's still leagues going on. There's stuff going on. You didn't have to cancel your events, and I'm like, yeah, I I didn't have to, but you know, like. <laughs> I just, at the end of the day, I wanted to be on the right side of history with that. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. So, so it's been interesting. Yeah, there is a there is a liability piece to, involved with any event that's going on. And people are just, you know, it's about the dollars, unfortunately. So <laughs> there were AAU events, as you know, in the Southeast all through the summer, even the early spring. I mean, Atlanta, Texas. Arizona they were they were hosting events like with with parents and families yep. so here we are well I, I had that conversation with somebody yesterday and I told him I said you know uh I don't see NCA letting you guys out this year like I just don't see it happening you know everybody yep. wants to you know they want to be be positive and say okay we're going to get an opportunity to get coaches back on campus and you know viewing <laughs> viewing high school prospects and recruiting but the reality is you know right. You guys, like you say, you've done a great job. You set tests out. You got testing going on. Imagine you going on the road, being in a gym, however many, right? Whether there's one other person there or a hundred other people there, there's exposure. You right. can't come right back into the team. There has to be some level of quarantine, right? So right. just the risks associated with it, you know, I, I don't see recruiting happening as as we know it this year. I think it's going to be very, very different. Sure. Um I feel for the un underrated and the, the kind of under-recruited kids within the, the 2021 class. Yep. Um, 2022, they'll be all right because I think that, you know, we'll be back to normal with, uh, with summer, hopefully by next year. Um, right. But I just, I, you know, I, I don't see it happening business as usual this, this season with you guys getting <laughs> out. I just don't, I don't see it. 
Yeah, I, I'm with you. You know, our league is is always going to be the most cautious and yeah. and and do a ton of research and listen to the right people uh, because it's not about the the bottom line. So, you know, I, I I agree with you, and I'm probably one of the the rare or few Division One coaches that will say that they're just we're ready to go, ready yeah. to get in these bubbles and <laughs> start playing. So. Right, right. So you know, I'm I'm excited to talk to you. Um, your name really started to first, first of all, everybody always says to me, Oh, Justin Bradley. I'm like, no, that's like, <laughs> you know, so, so for, for probably 30 years of my life, I've been correcting people that my name's <laughs> not Bradley. So I can't remember how it came up. I was, I was sitting around uh, with, with some guys and somebody kept saying, you guys know Justin Bradley. And I'm thinking they're like trying to introduce me. Right. Like, I'm like, Matt, like, really, you know me this long? You don't know my name? He's like, no, I'm talking about, I'm talking about the guy. He's at Dartmouth. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so it was, it was funny there. And then on the heels of that, I saw, you know, so you get elevated to associate head coach. Um, and I'm always intrigued by the Ivy League. Um, I, I visited Harvard a couple times. Tommy Amaker is, is a great guy. Um, his staff's great. But I've always been intrigued by it because I, I constantly coach and, and talk to the guys that I work with or help um, help navigate the recruiting process about it being bigger than basketball um, cool. and using the game of basketball as a vehicle to you know open doors to opportunities that you otherwise wouldn't have. Um, and I, I had a kid you know a couple of years back, and Harvard offered him. They really liked him. Uh, he, he's a really, really good player. Uh, he, he's going to play football. He's playing football at Michigan State right now. Uh, but he was a really good basketball player, probably had a chance to play on both sides, could play football and basketball, which is something that I felt, you know, if it, if it could happen anywhere, the Ivy League's a great place for that just because sure. of the way that the scheduling works and you're not playing in bowl games and things like that. But I digress. Um, my, my whole point is I push towards those high academic settings for student athletes that can handle it academically because at the end of the day, the air is coming out of the ball. So I was so intrigued by you and you being in that setting and, and thriving within that setting, that high academic setting. Um, and, and I think that, you know, we're, we're in a different phase of America right now where, you know, uh, the, we talk about systemic racism. We talk about, you know, all of the different challenges that our young black men face. Um, and all I can think about is a high academic education and a high academic opportunity and the, uh, and the opportunities that that could afford uh, the, the young black men and, and having somebody like yourself that they can look up to and see and say, okay, hey, he's associate head coach at Dartmouth. Like, you know, wow, anything's possible. And then they look further and say, okay, Tommy Amaker is a head coach at Harvard. You know, right. there, there's, there's a place for us, right? There's a seat at the table. So super intrigued to talk to you, super excited to have Thank the you. conversation. Um, I'm proud of you. Like, with, without even having a strong relationship, <laughs> I'm like, man, like, that's – from here on out, when, when somebody confuses me for Justin Bradley, I'll be like, no, <laughs> that's not me, but there's a dope brother at, at Dartmouth. Like, <laughs> no, man, thank you. Thank you. No, thanks for the kind words. And, and I've done a lot of research on what you've done and over your career. And I've listened to on YouTube, the, the guys before me that have done this. And I'm like, man, these are, for me to be asked is I'm, I'm really thankful because, you know, you got Dwayne Stevens on here. You got <laughs> Coach Baldwin. You got uh, 
Coach Grant. I'm like, wow. Like, you know, I listened to those recently. And so I'm, I'm really appreciative. Man, it's a journey, right? Um, yeah. And, you know, I've been blessed to encounter so, some people that I feel like have a story um, that, that people need to hear. And, you know, I was just literally just talking about this yesterday. I was having a conversation. We were, you know, I have a, a daily meeting um, for just the things I need to accomplish that day with my manager. And you know, we sit down and we talk about some things. And one of the things that her and I talked about yesterday was, you know, when you're in a room or when you're sitting at a table, a lot of times we like to feel like, man, you know, I'm humbled to even be in this room, right? I'm humbled to, to be a, a part of this. Um, but, you know, I'll tell you, you belong in that group just as much as any of those other guys. And, you know, yeah, they've been doing it a lot longer, right? They've been coaching for 30 years, right? And, and you're, you're in that, that group, that 30 under 30, right? Um, but I, I think that your story, your, your leadership, your example that you're setting is just as powerful. Um, and, and I'm excited to talk about it. So one of the things that as I was reading up on you, um, you were a, a student assistant coach or, or a player coach. Talk to me, like, what, what was that and what was, how did that work out? Um, and is that something you always wanted to do? No, I think, you know, thanks. That's a great question. I think I'm one of the few coaches that will say, you know, I wasn't born knowing I wanted to be a coach. I didn't know since the age of 12 that this was my calling. Um, it sort of happened in college. Um, so I played two years and then had an injury, um, and then that led me to coaching. Um, and that was completely uh, due to my college coach just allowing me to help out with the team and, you know, do some things. And, and I think a lot of coaches, when they were playing, were if they played, were the guys that would, you know, come early, stay late, do extra. They were the captains on the team. So I, I think that's a common common thread between all of us. But um, he saw that. He knew who I was. And, you know, I'd work on my own shot, but I'd always bring two guys with me. Hey, let's get in the gym. Let's do this. So um, that's really how it happened. Awesome. Awesome. And, and from there, you, you graduated. You went on to NCCU. Um, yes. Co Coach Moten, um, obviously, yes. I mean, he's been a, a leader uh, within the industry, a leader within the culture. Um, yes. I, I constantly I look to, to his, whether it be his tweets, whether it be videos, him and I spoke a couple times. Um, yes. but Talk to me a little bit about that first job, that first opportunity, and how it kind of shaped and molded your, your coaching career. No, absolutely. Uh, I call him Lavelle. I've known him for a long time. He was actually my middle school coach. So wow. I've known him in the time that I went to middle school to I graduated college. He became a Division One head coach. So his rise was pretty quick, um, and he's done, a, obviously, a fantastic job. So um, my two years there were – were unbelievable, quite frankly. Um, we won a lot of games, you know, but, you know, what I was able to learn from him every single day, to sit with him one-on-one, -on -one, um, to learn not only the game of basketball, but the business, to, to how important it is to, to present myself a certain way. Um, and then not only working for Lavelle, which was terrific, the staff we had was amazing. Um, Brian Berg, who's the head coach at Georgia Southern now. Um, he was an assistant there. Um, another guy's a Division II head coach. So, you know, we had a really good staff, um, we had good support staff, and we won a lot. And, you know, just you get the social media, Coach Moten, but, you know, I got it every single day, and, that, and that's who he is every day. Awesome. Awesome. And um, 
know, with that experience and with, with having that as your, your starting point or the, the point to, to really kick off the career, um, this is your second stint at Dartmouth. So talk to me a little bit about the Ivy League path and going the Ivy League route. Um, obviously, a lot of people don't really understand, um, you know, the Ivies, right? Like they, sure. you know, it, it's, it's definitely challenging, not only finding the right student athletes, but, you know, kind of the mixture of, of you know, a whole bunch of different things in order to be successful within the Ivy League. Um, so talk to me a little bit about that, the, the challenges that you face recruiting and coaching and, you know, some of the joys of it. Yeah, I think you hit it, you know, right on the head. I think there's a lot of misconceptions with the Ivy League that, you know, rightfully or wrongfully so, a lot of people just, just, just don't know. They just aren't educated on, you know, how we recruit. I think any coach that we talk to, whether it's a high school coach or AAU coach or, you know, they assume you need a 4.0 and a perfect SAT or ACT, which, which isn't the case. Um, a lot of people don't know there aren't athletic scholarships in the Ivy League. Um, so there are a lot of challenges. Um, and I think educating coaches, educating families, educating the guys that we're recruiting is, is a big part of our job because we have such a, a, a powerful brand that we're not really selling. We're just educating people like, hey, this is what it is. Do you like this? Do you want this? Um, is this something you're interested in? And it's very easy to talk about. Um, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a terrific place and a great institution and, and what we're building here, I feel really, really good about. Tell me a little bit about Dartmouth. Tell me a little bit about what a, a Dartmouth basketball player looks like to you. Um, tell me about what you look for. Um, and then also, you know, what you would say kind of are the advantages uh, of going to a Dartmouth or going to an Ivy. Sure. Yeah. We, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely my job to, as a recruiting coordinator to, to have an idea of what we want um, and, and guide the staff um, for the type of talent that we can get here. Um, a lot of people, again, the education pieces, a lot of people don't know the Ivy League was a top 15 league in the country. Um, there's 32 Division One conferences. The Ivy League has been as high as 10, and it's been hovering in the 12 to 15 range. So, you know, yes, the academics are important in terms of admission, in terms of success over your four years or however many years that you're here. But we also need some really good basketball players. And we make that very, very clear that it's, you know, you are a student athlete and both are equally as important. And our jobs are to find the best combination of guys that can, can do both. Um, we, we want guys that understand or have some understanding of what this means. And that might come from them, that might come from a coach, that might come from a trainer, um, you know, people, there's a lot of people involved in the recruiting process. So we have to get everyone on board, just like any other league or school would to, to say, yes, you need to do this. This makes sense for you, not only for the next four years, but for the next 40. Yeah, absolutely. I think you, you touched, you hit the nail right on the head. Um, I, I constantly have that conversation with my student athletes. It's not about the next four years, it's about the next 40. And what that that education and that uh, experience and the relationships built there can provide for your life, you know, long after the game of basketball. So I think that, you know, while there are some unique challenges to, to coaching an Ivy League school, um, there's some unique advantages to attending an Ivy League school. There's some unique yeah, advantages yeah. to um, 
there's some unique advantages to coaching and being able to and recruiting student athletes to an Ivy League school because there's things that you know that, that you can offer that others just quite frankly can't. Um, so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of positives. There's a lot of options and a lot of opportunities there. Um, you know, as you you've made that the rise. You know, you came in as assistant. Now you're associate head coach. Um, you're, you're still very young in your career. Talk to me a little bit about uh, the work that's gone into that and, and how you've kind of carved your own uh, path within, within the Ivy League, within Dartmouth, and, you know, to be one of the top coaches in the country at, at a young age. Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> it's, here, it's weird hearing someone else say that, but um, I think the biggest thing is just being very intentional um, and strategic about what you want to get out of coaching or what you want to do, whether that's, I want to work in this type of school and this type of setting. And I think I did that early on, which allowed me to, to have this opportunity. Cause as you know, from your experiences, there, there's not a lot of guys that go from the MEAC to the Ivy league. I know two. Um, and I don't <laughs> know many, I, I know of two, I don't know many others. So, you know, it's a, a, definitely a different end of the spectrum in terms of academics, in terms of resources, in terms of, you know, what we're selling or communicating to families and kids. And, you know, I, I think, you know, this is a league that I wanted to work in. I knew that at North Carolina Central. I knew that at Guilford College when I was, a, when I was playing, when I was coaching. Um, and I just did everything in my power to, to build those connections and, and ultimately land a position and work my way up. For sure, for sure. And I think that, um, you know, a lot of the, the premise that, that I spoke on um, over the last year of my career and a lot of the, the focal point or the focus that I've put is on, you know, black coaches, especially young black coaches, not being pigeonholed as just recruiters um, and the work that they put into, you know, developing as a coach, developing as a, you know, um, as, as a business person, developing as a leader, developing as an X and an O guy. Um, all of those things are true. And when I look at you, I guess my question for you would be, um, what, is, what is the landscape like or what has it been like navigating the landscape of being uh, a minority, not only being um, a black coach, which obviously we, we've, we've heard it, you know, it's talked about a lot of times, it's not discussed as much, but, you know, being a, a black assistant coach, but being a young black assistant coach, and how is that magnified, you know, being in the Ivy League setting? Uh, are, are there different unique challenges that you experience and how do you go about your business every day, making sure that perception is, you know, not only, Hey, he's a great young black coach, but he's an amazing coach in general. Yeah, I think, um, no, that's a amazing question. <laughs> um, I think being in this league and having the label um, that it has, which is high academic, the highest academics, I think, you know, there's automatically an assumption about me as a coach. And one of the things that I've done is to, to have those conversations prior to taking any job that I've ever had, which is to, you know, I don't, I'm going to be able to recruit. I've proven that I can do that, that I know how important it is to the success of any program, but I also want to be involved in these things. And I know what those things are. It's scheduling, it's the offense, it's the defense, it's, the academics, yes, we have smart guys, but they're 18 and 19 and 20. They need some help. They need some guidance. And so I want to be a, a part of all of that. The meetings, can I, you know, sit in with you on a head coach's call? Or, you know, those are the things 
that I asked from my bosses and, and all of the jobs that I've had. And, you know, thankfully, they've allowed me to have my hands in all parts of the program. And to answer your question, you know, I don't take my position here lightly. Um, when I was the third assistant, I didn't take it lightly. And, and when I'm the associate coach now, you know, not much has changed day to day, but I understand how it looks um, to the outside world. And, you know, I'll do whatever I can to, to, to help anyone else out or to have any conversation about moving within your organization, moving somewhere else. And, you know, I, I think it's really, really important, especially, you know, as our team has gotten a lot more diverse. So, you know, we've added, we've got 10 minority players on the team right now. And I think it's important for them to, to see me, not only in the work that I do, um, but for my boss to give me the, you know, the status and the title associated with the work that was being done. Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, and it's funny because I was talking to Coach Sutton, Coach Kevin Sutton earlier. Um, <laughs> and, you know, he's so when I when I put together. So I had the first obviously the first seven episodes and I, I racked my brain on who those first seven were going to be. Right. Um, and then I put together the next seven. And I, I'm <laughs> man, I'm telling you, when you see this, see this next seven, you know, I, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm excited for it. But I was talking to Coach Sutton, and we were talking about, you know, living trophies. And we were talking about, you know, the things that, that he does. And, um, you know, we, we had a conversation towards the end of our, our call, and I mentioned you. Um, and he said, yeah, you know, he's, he's in my master class Zoom. He's in, you know, he, he's, he's always learning. He was always – and it just it, – it, it let me know that your name being in this group of seven was the right place for it to be where, you know, it, it's clearly behind the closed doors, behind the scenes, you're doing a lot of work to advance your career and to be the best version of you you can be. Um, talk to me about the value of having somebody like Coach Sutton to, to bounce things off or listen to or, and other mentors. What are some other people that you've kind of leaned on along the way um, and, and have kind of guided you as you've grown? Man, it's uh, <laughs> every Thursday I was on the call with Coach Sutton last night. So, you know, it's uh, listening to uh, CY speak. So I know he's one of your former guests as well. So it's nice to it all to come full circle. But, you know, it's it, it's amazing. You know, I didn't play at a high level. I didn't have a great career. Um, so I've had to go above and beyond to build relationships, uh, not for a job, but to learn to develop, to, to gain that wisdom, to gain some understanding of how does this go? Like if I was uh, opening my own business, I would say, like if I was opening a coffee shop, I would look at all the really good coffee shops in the area or in the country. What are they doing? Call those guys or, or, or women to, to figure out, you know, how, what's the, what are the pros and cons of running a coffee shop? I would do that. And so I, I, you know, I approach this, career the same way. Um, yes, I've had some great mentors and my first year out of college, I'm a director of operations. We go to the NCAA tournament and I'm on top of the world. So Lavelle Moten, you know, definitely one of my mentors um, and someone that I talk to weekly is, is Brian Berg, as I mentioned as well. Um, but I've, you know, been again, very intentional about emailing, writing letters, calling, hopping on a Zoom. If I'm recruiting, stopping by a uh, a college that's in the area um, and watching a practice. So, and that's something that I did when I was a division three assistant. Um, and that's something that I continue to do as well. You know, I don't, I'm not, I haven't reached the status that I'm too big to learn. 
I'm never too good. I always want to learn. And, you know, I've heard CY talk three times in the last two months. And the one thing that I appreciate about him is he's always going to be authentic. And the message was the same on all three calls. And it was so important and so valuable. And he is who he is. Um, he's obviously um, one of the best coaches in the country for a reason. Um, and then guys like Coach Sutton, like, on paper, he doesn't have a tremendous amount of collegiate experience, but the high school level recruiting, having really good players, you know, being at the places that he's been, which was all tremendous places, Pittsburgh, Georgetown, Rhode Island, um, and knowing how he's able to, to be successful, but also be approachable and authentic is, is something that I hope I strive to be. For sure, for sure. And I think about, you know, you mentioned CY and, you know, the one thing that I love the most about CY, um, and, and it's something that I had to learn over over the years of my life as I got older, uh, to not run from or not hide from the mistakes or the shortcomings. And, sure. you know, CY talks about, you know, when, when on, on our interview, he was very, very um, honest and open about, you know, where he could have evolved a little bit quicker or where he wishes that he would have, you know, been a little bit more uh, willing to ask for help or willing to, to be open and honest about not, you know, not knowing <laughs> your things that he knew he, that, he, that he needed. Um, and, and he talked about success coming fast. So, you know, it's good to have those kind of people to, to hear and listen to and bounce things off. Success has come pretty fast for you. Right. But I think that, you know, I think, everybody's definition and idea of success is a little different. So, you know, one of the things that I've heard, and I've heard it, you know, several times as you've talked is, you know, being intentional. Um, so, you know, as you've gone about your career intentionally, what has your idea of success, like, what does that look like to you? What, what are you uh, striving to, to become? And, and what is the goal that you've set for yourself? Yeah, I think, you know, <laughs> not to be cliche in the coach speak, but Coach Wooden always talked about, John Wooden always talked about just being your best, being the best that you can be. Um, there's a lot of coaches' books out there where the message is it's you versus you. And that's very hard to focus on in this business because everyone's always jockeying for a position, even if, even on the same staff. Uh, you're, you're, your head's on a swivel constantly, like, who's getting this job? Can I do this? Does this make sense? But, you know, I think it's it's something that's really important to me to to always be intentional with anything that we do because that's something that I require of the players um, is to, you know, don't just jog over to set a screen. Like, you need to be intentional, set the screen to get that person open. And, you know, those are things that anything I'm telling to my guys um, – I'm going to hold myself to the same standard and accountability. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear. Uh, I'll tell you, you know, without a doubt, like I said, I mean, I said it coming into, into our chat um, and I feel it now even more, you know, I'm proud of you because you, you are a, an example of the possibilities that exist. And, you know, I feel like 20 years ago, you know, when I was in high school and, you know, playing in my, my high school playing career. And I ended up, I went to University of Illinois and I transferred to Howard. So I've experienced the MEAC life. Um, but, you know, never in my wildest imagination, you know, you would hear your mother, your father say, hey, you could go to the Ivy League school or you could be, you could be whatever you want to be. You can go to Harvard, you can go to, and there just wasn't that representation, right? Like there wasn't that, you know, when you looked on the flyers or when you looked on the website, when you looked on the coaching staff, there was nobody really that, I could relate to um, right. and, and now seeing 
you know, I think that it's vitally important for, you know, young black men and women to, to have and see that representation um, and the way that you carry yourself, the way that you're leading. Um, I, I think that without a doubt, you're a beacon of, of hope. You're a light for, you know, that next generation to understand that, you know, they're not just limited to, you know, the, the Power Five programs. They're not just limited to the MEAC. You know, there's options and opportunities for them all over. Uh, so I'm excited to see your career continue to grow and blossom. Uh, and anything I can ever do for you, uh, don't hesitate to reach out to me, man. Like I, there's not, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna <laughs> pretend like I've got all the juice in the world. But <laughs> if there's anything no. I can do, man, you, you've got an ally in me for sure. <laughs> yeah, just, just anytime there's a player that's that you're thinking of sending to Tommy, just, just give me a call right after. And, <laughs> And then we'll make it work. So, you know, and I think I'll tell you, I think that that's one of the things I'm most most um, excited and hopeful about this platform and, and your interview. And, and I'm going to reach out to Tommy as well, try and get him on. Um, but kids seeing these the option, and the opportunity, right? And yep. you know, it shouldn't be a hard sell for me. You know, with <laughs> with EYBL kids or with you know, like these high these high level players. Hey this is in 1995, right? Like you, if you're going to be a pro, you can be a pro from wherever, whether it be Dartmouth, whether it be Duke, you know what I mean? Like whether it be, you know, Harvard or whether it be Florida state, you know, if you're, if you're a pro and Seth Towns has shown us that, right? Um, so I think that for me, the examples and the, the, the possibilities of, you know, more options and more opportunities and, and getting that high academic education and experience. Because I think the experience is important too, because it prepares, uh, it prepares our young men and young women for life in the corporate world, life in, you know, in an in America that doesn't quite look like them, right? And right. if we've only known one thing and one side and we haven't seen a full, you know, broad scale, broad scope or spectrum, um, it's difficult. And when challenges come our way, we're more you know, we're, we're a little bit more, uh, more shooken up than we would be if we had those diverse opportunities of, of inclusion and advancement when we were younger. So um, I definitely think that you guys have something special within the Ivy League. Uh, I think that you have something special going on there at Dartmouth. And, you know, I, you, you might be my first call. And then I'll call Tommy Betts. I'll, I'll tell Tommy, oh, yeah. hey, hey you, you, don't need a, um, you, you don't need a head start, Tommy. You <laughs> no, he doesn't need any help. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, I appreciate you taking the time to holler at me. Uh, Thanks a lot. Time's the most valuable asset in the world. So, you know, having you be willing to give up your time means a lot. Um, like I said, I mean, I, I was up your way. Um, what is the name of the school? Uh, I can't think. There's one of my, um, one of the kids I worked with, he was going to a prep up your way and I can't even think of the name of it right now, but I always come up like I'm in, I'm at Northfield Mount Hermon. I, oh yeah, right around. <laughs> yeah, so, so once, once everything dies down and we're back on the road, yeah. I'll definitely stop in and see you. Cause I'd love to see the facilities. I'd love to see sure. you, know, you guys practice. And uh, I'm just like you, man. Like I'm constantly you know, poking my head in if I'm in the area, you know, watching and getting to know people, building relationships yeah. because you know, it, it's, it's never been for me about a job. It's always been for me about, okay, hey, you know, how can I help somebody else, right? And I might bump into a kid that says, hey, you know, this is what I'm looking for. And, oh, I, I got the perfect guy. Let me make the call. So yeah. that's always been my, my mission and my vision. So I'll definitely come see you guys.
No, please do. We're right near New Hampton, Vermont Academy, Northfield. We're, we're within two hours of any of the prep schools. You're going to make it up to Brewster. Come on down. Open awesome. door. Awesome. I appreciate you. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you.